Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Writing the Gary Kelly's podcast. We're back for another cracker of a show and we've gone all Megan and Harry on you because we're going to give you a bit of a teaser of an exclusive interview with one of our own, former Leeds United captain and hero, Johnny Housen. We'll also be looking back on West Ham. We'll be joined by some Leeds United fans for a brand new feature and a wrap-up with a good old game of Guess Who. And the best thing about all of this is that we're absolutely free and no subscription needed, because that's what you guys want. On today's show, I'm joined by Matt M, Lucy and Matt B. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Vicky. All good, Hi, Vicky. Hey, Vicky. <laughs> Right, well, let's just get stuck into last night's chaos, carnage, whatever you want to call it. Um, a 2-0 defeat at the London Stadium. The curse of the capital continues, and it's uh, our fourth defeat in five, which is quite painful when you think about it. Safe to say we're in a little bit of a rut at the minute. What did you guys make of last night's performance and the result? <sighs> I don't know where to start, to be honest. I can't remember the last time I was on a podcast episode after a win. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a really frustrating game, I think. Again, it was one of them games where we could still be playing now and we still wouldn't have scored. Um, first 20 minutes I thought were really promising, especially with, well, obviously the two disallowed goals, but don't even get me started with VAR. Um, yeah, the penalty that we gave away, really sloppy from Alien. Um, I think he's been really poor last couple of games, to be honest. Tyler, again, I think we were, on, we were saying in the group chat last night, we were screaming at TV to pass the f***ing ball. <laughs> Second half, a lot, a lot better. Um, once Harrison and Alioski and Rodrigo came on. But I think 
that's the team that we need to start against Chelsea when we played them on Saturday. Rafinha, I thought, looked really off it in the first half, but seemed to get his sort of spark back once Rodrigo came on the pitch. And I think that's what he's been sort of missing the last couple of games with Rodrigo. Definitely better performance than Aston Villa, but I don't think anyone had a particularly great game. But, um, of course, it was great to see Calvin back. We really lost four in five. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. It doesn't feel like it, does it at all? Um, it's really frustrating because like, over the last couple of weeks, I think our better performances we've ended up losing. So like, last night we were... For 70, 75 minutes, we were probably the better team and sort of switched off for that sort of 10, 15 minute period. But it was sort of the same. It's really weird because like both Wolves games were like carbon copies of each other. And I feel like the game at Ellen Road with West Ham basically went the same as yesterday, where we sort of dominated the first 20 minutes, despite not scoring, even though we technically scored. But it, it just felt a carbon copy and then they scored from a obviously got the penalty and then scored from a set piece. So you just felt like you were watching the same game, but just a different surrounding. But it was like just really frustrating to see when we brought on Rodrigo and changed a few positions up and we actually started getting a bit even more success, but we just couldn't find back of the net. It was just like, it's just the same, same stuff sort of every week that's biting us, biting us in his ass really. Though we, we can't put balling back at net um, unless it's part of a dodgy VAR <laughs> decision or, switch off at set pieces too much which is proving our uh, Achilles heel as it as it is for the sort of all this season really Do you want to talk about VAR? <laughs> Should we talk about it? I oh, mean yeah. that was my next comment is like you know it was only offside because someone can't draw a straight line It's a hairs on his knee isn't it? I've been banging on about it for a while now and I just can't decide how they expect referees. This is no defending some of the referees because they're absolutely abysmal but I don't get how they expect referees to get tight calls like that correct when um like the camera when they're using like broadcast camera angles but like, the, the camera last night was basically like pointing from the corner flag to an offside that was mm. on the edge of, like in the middle of the area like how, how are you expecting someone to um see down the line on an offside decision when basically the entire world can see that it's onside and then get they give offside it just well, it stinks, really, doesn't it? But after Palace, Matt, we tweeted about it, and I remember someone tweeted us back, and and they, they mentioned that they do have camera angles all along the side of it, both sides of the pitch, and in Stockley Park they do use that, but when they show the public and obviously on TV footage and stuff, they just show that one angle only. Like personally, I think it's a lot of clicks. I think they just rely on that single one because even even uh, the against West Ham. The lines looked. They didn't even look. They didn't even look the same width, did they? And I think Vicky, you mentioned they were wonky. <laughs> I yeah, don't know if it's and our also lines. the the thickness of the line was like half the thickness of his his whole leg. <laughs> how long's the How long's the hair on his knees? You know what I mean? I think. I think first thing he'd be doing this morning. Is uh, is getting his uh, his legs waxed? If I'm honest with you, because it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But it's killing the game. Uh, I remember Kayleigh said a, a couple of episodes ago about pixels, and that's what it's down to. It's it's killing the game. And Benny, I don't know if you just want to make sure the the bleep machine's working. I'll contest it if you like, mate. But it's an absolute fucking joke, and we need to fucking get rid of it. And it's killing the fucking game. Fudge. <laughs> The contentious decision aside, you, you touched on it, Lucy, that actually we did look so much better in the second half. And I think even this is contentious because lots and lots of people on social media were defending Roberts and Costa. But from my perspective, there's no getting away from the fact that we looked much more dangerous when they went off, Rodrigo and Harrison came on. 
What's your guys' take on that? So I think with most, like the majority of our players, Roberts sort of fits in this category that, um, like, he's half decent sub to bring on for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes if you're wanting something, um, something different to try and throw like defenders about. But I, I, he's just not not at it whenever he's started, and it's quite evident that we are lacking um, more in the second half of the season that we are lacking that real quality in um, some of the players that um, got us promoted. So I think I think Costa were a bit, I don't know um, what you guys think, but I thought Costa was not necessarily unlucky to come off because I think it was always going to be Harrison who came came on and he's never going to rate Rafinha off. But I, I, thought, I thought Costa was slightly unlucky to co- come off in the end because they didn't do too much wrong, but I thought Roberts were just... I thought it was ridiculous that Roberts even survived past half-time, to be honest, but... Yeah, I just think he's miles off it, isn't he? You can just tell. I think I think lack of options as well is probably giving him a start as well, isn't it? I think I think you get Rodrigo fit. He's probably ultimately going to be that that player that's going to play behind Bamford. You would think, wouldn't you? I remember when Rodrigo did an interview prior to his injury about his best position, and he said playing off the playing off the striker. So you would anticipate in the next few weeks, injury free, that Rodrigo will play in that position that Roberts has got now. But on the point of Costa. I, I felt he were unlucky. I felt, I felt, yeah, it, it was harsh on him in, in a way because if he would have scored, if, well, if VAR would have given that goal, it would have been a different kettle of fish for him. But then I thought Harrison didn't really offer anything better to what Costa did in the first half, if I'm honest as well. And I think, I think that's gone under radar a bit. How Jackie Harrison's forms dipped slightly as well these last few games. It's correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure since Newcastle away were probably his best game he had for us. And ever since then, it's. He's been on a, on a downward decline, so yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I think um, I think Rodrigo as well. He was a bit selfish when he came on last night. Sorry against West Ham, uh, but just one thing we just want to say about West Ham is their levels above. They've got it right this season. I I won't be too disappointed losing to West Ham if if I'm honest with you because that I genuinely think on this current form he'll get them in Champions League. I think he's, he's got a good case for it at the moment. It's more because he's, he's got it clicking. and Yeah, they've done the double over us over this season. And I was saying to my friend earlier today, they're probably one of the best teams we've played, I think, over both games. They've absolutely, annihil- not annihilated, but they've they've nullified us. So he's, 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 he's done a job on us twice. And I think they'll do. They'll go very far this season. So that has to be considered as well. I think I saw someone say that they're probably the only team in the country that wants to keep the fans away. <laughs> well, there's that as well. Um, but yeah, I think um, I always think those are. I know, like we we're saying, that they're um, potentially top four material. But I always think those are the games that sort of highlight your downfalls when uh, teams with a bit of quality sit in and just sort of soak, soak you up for best part of 70 minutes sort of thing and then just sort of they all they need is 50 or 15 minutes spell to kill you off basically and that, they're always the games that um, always show sort of where you're lacking and like last night that we just couldn't hit a barn door to save us lives yeah, we're I think as well that they're a massive team, aren't they? So with yeah. our, we we know our weakness when it comes to defending set pieces. Like yeah. they're perfectly primed to take advantage of that. See, it's our weaknesses as well, didn't they? With set pieces again, again we got hit by set pieces. We had 15 shots, didn't we, in second half yesterday? And how lucky were we not to just even get one? Would have been nice, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, we got hit by like it wasn't even just just that one. They looked like scoring from basically every set piece that they took. And it sort of summed it up straight away that we just never, we don't seem to learn that Dawson scored from Creswell's corner 
And the next, the very next corner, he had a free run into the six-yard box with no one round him. And then he hit the post about five minutes later from another corner. He just think like no one seems no no one seems to be taking any ownership at set pieces. And yeah, people can say it's potentially down to our um, marking system, but you still need players to be taking ownership in those situations. And that's where sort of maybe maybe you do need to look at leadership. But your end just looked lost, didn't it, from corners last mm-hmm. night? On one of them, he was marking Aylin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Thing is though. If we obviously we man mark, if we're zonal marking, this is why they're getting the run on us because we're not zonal marking, so there's just an absolute shitload of space to run into. But because we're such a small team, it's almost like if we did zonal mark, would it make a difference anyway? Like we're we are lacking in that um, that presence in the box, I think, aren't we? A Pontus, dare I say? Well, yeah, someone did mention it last night about um, strike play, not playing, but. From a, from an actual starting eleven point of view, he wouldn't be in it. But if you could sort of bring him on just for defending set pieces and just stand sort of in that front, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like an NFL kicker, but just for your defensive work, just drag him on and off. Someone else who seems to be struggling at the moment is Mateus Click. I think you know it's it's fairly common now for all fans to have recognised that he's gone missing a little bit in games this season. Um, you know, is it fatigue because we relied on him for so long? Is it? pressure do you think what do you think the issue is i think matt, matt needs to answer this one i think matt you've been a, a massive uh, advocate for click haven't you i think earlier on in the season you said he's probably been one of our outstanding players and i think you were in, in the early early few weeks a few games of the season but you're right he has he has drifted he looked off, he looked off the pace again yesterday heavy touches tried to play them square balls sideward balls which ineffective and then he were losing, getting lost, getting caught in possession as well a number of times. Just, like I said, he just don't look with it, does he? And it's uh, it's a strange one, but it's always that, where's his competition? Who's pushing him? Who's knocking on his door and keeping him on his toes? Stuart Dallas, really, is probably only one, but he's already playing at right back, left wing back, or left or right midfield, you know what I mean? So he's not really a like-for-like replacement, is he? Shackleton probably is another one. Again, he's not really kind of pushing for his position Shackleton is again becoming that utility player when when required so I think I think the summer will be key I think they need to bring in a player to push him really push him because I think he needs it if I'm honest and you see it does enhance players players performances doesn't it really it's it's pretty god-given really isn't it yeah like you said Matt it's it's a really strange one because like there's all these rumours that are going around that he's injured but the club's never come out and said anything and and I'm surprised Bielsa is still playing him if he's injured but yeah, like you said, he just doesn't seem to be the player that he used to be. And he's one of my fav- favourite players at the club, especially with the amount that he, he has done for the club over the last couple of years. So, yeah, it is a really strange one. Lucy, if you had to go out for a meal at a restaurant <laughs> with either Alioski or Click, who would you choose? Uh, can I go for Robin Cock instead? <laughs> Ooh, well, he wasn't an option, but if you want to go out with Cock... <laughs> There's a joke there. I'm not going to say it. But actually, Lucy, before we move on, I just want to ask you about something that is doing the rounds on social media today, which some of you might have seen. There is a rumour that one Johnny Alioski has turned down a new contract and is looking at going to that there scum over in Turkey, Galatasaray. Um, And it seems to have torn the fan base a bit. Some people are like, now we're over it, don't matter, don't care anymore. And other people are like, he's dead to us if he goes there. So I'm just interested to see what you guys think. Uh, I'm still well, going to love him as much. 
don't know. I just don't know. I think the thing with Alioski is it depends what kind of Alioski turns up on the day. Like, he either has a, a brilliant game, like he came on last night and I thought he were, he were excellent, or he'll turn up and just be absolutely shit. Like, <laughs> there's no in-between with Alioski and... Like the the way that like obviously he acts with the fans and stuff and the the way that he is, I think you can't not love him. But to hear that these rumours that are going around, it just makes you feel a bit sick, doesn't it? <laughs> if he went there, would you? <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you a lot of questions. There's if, twenty questions. <laughs> Alioski went to that club. Would you take your Alioski bedding, curtains, <laughs> posters, shirts? Just put them all in a big bin and just chuck a lighter on top of it. God, you make me sound like a right weirdo. <laughs> yeah, we make you sound like a weirdo. Listen <laughs> back to the previous shows. <laughs> anyway, we'll stop bullying Lucy. Um, Chelsea up next, and then, yay, another trip to London for Fulham. Uh, Chelsea's obviously going to be very, very difficult. They're in good form at the minute, aren't they? Um, we could definitely do with getting three points from Fulham, though, couldn't we, even though they're in good form? In good form, and they're playing London. It's not a good recipe, is it? Yeah, it's going to be. London. What is weird, isn't it? Should we take that priest down with us? Remember that priest we had at <laughs> a few years ago? Do you think something like that genuinely plays on the mind? Yeah, like... I think it will do now. I think it will do now, because it's it's all that gets brought up, isn't it, before every game? Because the, 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 even when they were celebrating promotion, weren't they out in wherever they jetted off to their they're like mentioning it on social media so they obviously net and it's something that they'll just play in the back of your mind but going back to Fulham everyone presumed that from basically just before Christmas that they were going to effectively be like the whipping boys of the season along with Sheffield United but for me they're they're miles better than Newcastle especially over the last two or three months in terms of football and ability as well but they just sort of lack Probably just lack that sort of player, something like set maximum, like uh, Newcastle have that sort of might drag them out of that situation. But I do think, as a team as a whole, they will be um, a lot hard. They'll be a lot harder to play than what people think, and I just think that a lot of people just think that they'll they're a walkover now. When evidently over the last sort of two or three weeks, credit to Scott Parker, they're evidently not. I'd um, I'd you know, I'd be happy. I know it sounds sad to say this because we're mid, you know, we're, we're top of the bottom half of the league. But I'd happily give Scott Parker the three points for that Egyptian white cotton coat that he's started to wear. Um, <laughs> well, against Liverpool, I think for me that's a three point of its then. I think it's an absolute cracker. It looks like a padded blazer, doesn't it? It's weird. Lovely, isn't it? Very cozy. Yeah. I'd love to stroke it. Anyway, let's wrap up West Ham. So as always, we've got that question. Chelsea. Oh, Probably you talk about, about Chelsea. Chelsea if you want, then. We're going to get beat. <laughs> oh, we go. Wrapped. Now, please, get behind the team. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, you just never know, do you? You just Absolutely. never know. <laughs> They've not conceded for about six games or something, Stu. Oh, they look good, don't they? Yeah, and we can hit a barn door, so we're probably going to win 3 0. <laughs> what a surprise. Chelsea get an actual coach in who can coach. All of a sudden, team. Werner looks like a proper striker again. Boudigal looks like one of the best defenders in the world again. Who would have thought it? <laughs> Can I move on now? Yes. 
Excellent. Um, so, West Ham, we put it out on social for you guys to give us some of your thoughts. So I'll just run through a few of those. I haven't actually checked these names, so you're probably going to do me over with some stupid joke again, but here we go. Um, Martin Bunn, far better second half, and VAR done us no favours again. Not sure how he managed to gift them clean sheets. Andrew Kay says, it is what it is, a championship side coming up against an informed Premier League side. Bielsa has done wonders with this squad and they have overperformed this season. Now we need quality. Niall Quinn. This is the actual Niall Quinn. There's no bad luck for Leeds here. There's just punishment for poor defending. But when that's sorted, we won't be bitching about VAR. I don't think we're bitching. I think we're always in our rights. Anyway, uh, and Harry says we need more investment. Straight up. What's Harry's surname? It's something that I'm not going to say because I think he's trying to make a fool of me. That's a genuine... That's a genuine tweet we had from Harry Cox. Harry, Harry Cox, Cox is a real person. Harry Cox. He said, he said that we need more investment. He did. He did indeed. And I thought that was a, I thought it was a key one, that Harry Cox. <laughs> Harry Cox, yeah. Say yeah. it quickly. Exactly. That's why I just said his first name, because I know what it sounds like when you say it fast. We actually got a tweet from Harry Cox. And... Um, <laughs> When he actually said we need more investment, we actually asked him in which areas. <laughs> so he replied saying the midriff. Okay. <laughs> There's a theme to this podcast. <laughs> there is, isn't there? Needs an needs a 18 plus rating on this one. So challenge. I think we're all in agreement with all of those comments, aren't we? Particularly the ones from Harry Fox. Is that the real Niall Quinn then? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he'd tweet about bitching about VAR, but you never know. This season, we've partnered up with The Terrace and you can get 15% off all their merch at terracestore.com. So fill your basket with the quality LUFC gear and add RITGK15 at the checkout to get your discount. Enjoy! If you're a regular listener of the Writing the Gary Kelly's podcast, you'll know that we love a new feature. Well, this one's a little bit different as it involves loyal Leeds United fans. So welcome to the Fans Corner. This is a chance for us to hear some cracking stories about the football club we all love. We've got four Leeds fans waiting patiently. So let's see who is on line number one. My name's James and I'm from Chesterfield. Nice to meet you, James. Welcome to the show. Um, First question then, what was your first Leeds United game? Uh, I can't remember specifically, to be honest with you. I was having a chat with my dad over the weekend regarding this, and it's a bit of a hard one to remember back. I'm only 27, and I sound like I'm in my mid-50s, but uh, <laughs> I can remember the team we were against wearing red, and I said to my dad, you're either Middlesbrough or Charlton, but I can't specifically remember the first game, which is bad, I know. Uh, my first back memory that I can remember is Viduka scoring against Arsenal. Lehman had uh, smashed it against him, basically. He went 1-0 up. And uh, went on to lose 4-1. I think Henri got an hat-trick, which is standard Thierry Henry. That's my uh, first back memory I can remember, but I, um, I can't remember my first game, unfortunately. I remember that <laughs> night very well, unfortunately. Yeah, it was the FA Cup, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah. It was bloody freezing. It was, I. Um, right, next question. Who is your Leeds United hero? Past, um, present, or potentially future? Lucas Radaby, the Chief. Absolute legend, yeah. Um for me, I had everything. He's got off the pitch as well. He does a lot of work with charities. He's just a gentleman on the pitch. He'll even go in goal for you. But yeah, strong, could have the ball, defend you were quick. Turned down many a move as well. Uh, loved leads. It's just a shame he had all those injuries. And I'm really gutted I didn't get to go to his testimonial because I was too young. And I think my dad and my mum were on holiday, I think. So I missed out on that, which I absolutely gutted about. But yeah, Lucas Rodeby for me. 
James, I uh, I went to his testimonial. You know, I, I was telling the guy the funny story. This actually, if you bring it up, <laughs> I was telling the guys the other day about this. Is that I rang in sick with work. <laughs> um, I said I'm feeling very well and I've got tickets because you know ticket. We like it. We like a playoff final or whatever. You know, everyone wanted a ticket for the testimonial. Yeah. And yeah, I went and uh, you know obviously rang in sick and think much of it. Anyway, I got it home and my phone, I'd left my phone at home because back then mobiles, you want because what they were now, you just had a, a brick and you left it at home, didn't you? Yeah. And I got home and I had loads of missed calls and it turned <laughs> out that I'd been on Sky Sports News. So when, I can't remember when, I think it might have been when Vinnie Jones wiped out Lucy Ward. Yeah. Um, yeah. It panned the camera to the the, audio, to the crowd at the East Stand and there were my little chubby face in the middle of it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you're in, you're in big trouble when you come back tomorrow. <laughs> Love that, love that. Yeah, there was Strachan was there as well, and I think Ali McCoyce was there. There's a few, uh, few legends to be fair. But yeah, I just wanna, I'm, I'm good. I wasn't of the age where I could just get up and go myself. Neither it was 2005, wasn't it? I think just when we got relegated. So yeah, I'm good. I didn't go to that. But yeah, Lucas Radaby for me. Uh, I've got the straight this season with Radaby on the back. I've got like a shrine of Radaby in my spare room. So absolutely love him. Have you got bedding as well? And and. <laughs> Curtains, James, or just just the shirt, just the shirt. Lucy, actually, it's funny. If you see yes, uh... Lucy, it woke up really because she's got all the Oscar. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I have to do by of him. If there's one going, if you can find me one, link me up. I'll definitely get that. Sure, the missus will be thrilled to have Lucas Rodney on it. Probably a few to choose from for you, considering you're only 27. But worst moment as a Leeds United fan so far. The one that springs to mind most is the the minus fifteen season. I remember oh, when we had that minus fifteen took off because I think we had ten points took off previous season. It when it's relegated us. We had another fifteen, and I remember saying to my dad, "Are we starting on minus fifteen points?" And he was like, "You're like, yeah, yeah." And I was like, "We're going to be in League Two. Leeds United are going to be a League Two side. This is this is unbelievable." I remember watching him um, look north, and there's a reporter outside Ellen Road, and I remember just sat there just frowning, thinking, "We, we can't get out of this." It's, We've been putting a team to get that team we put together as well. I know we did brilliantly to get out of it, but it was a it was a new strong team, wasn't it? They're all they're all fairly new, and they haven't played together before. So I was just thinking it's going to be League Two for us here. Uh, it was very doom and gloom, but obviously they proved everyone wrong and smashed it, didn't they? And we should have gone up that season. So yeah, that'd be the lowest moment for me. The minus, getting the minus fifteen off and starting that season on the minus fifteen, and just that that overall turmoil of the Bates era really uh, and then final question aside from your shrine to Lucas Radaby <laughs> tell us a funny or interesting Leeds United memory or story that you've got uh, it's, I was actually with Matt for this story I'm going to bring this one up it was oh, when wow. uh, uh, <laughs> on my birthday wasn't it we went I took my missus to, we were in the box together uh, hosted by 32 Red I remember turning to my missus we, we, we had a few beers aren't we and uh, I remember turning to my missus my, my teeth were underwater and I broke the seal and uh, I remember it going out for a throw, and I just thought, I'm going to risk it here and go for a wee. And I thought, with, the, with us being in a box, I thought, I'm told to be fairly close. So I've gone out, <laughs> back and forth through the box, into like the east stand. It was like the, the corporate area. And I remember just panicking, thinking, where the toilet's here? So I just asked like the closest barmaid, and she was down there. So it was like a, a good 30 yards down there. I remember as soon as I got into the toilets, I heard a roar, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I was turning to a bloke and going, I would just scored. And he was like, Yeah. And I went, Oh my God. So I missed the goal because, yeah, I went for it. I went to the toilet. And I, I remember coming back into the box. And obviously, I was, I was buzzing. We scored. 
Uh, I turned to my girlfriend and uh, asked her to describe the goal to me the best she could, and she just went, uh, it, in with a long gate, just uh, knocked it, tapped it in. And I was like, Aileen? And she was like, yeah, 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 that was him. And I was like, oh, great description there. I'm sure she'll be getting a job on Sky Sports soon, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a brilliant day, that. Absolutely brilliant. I think it's happened to every Leeds fan over the, over the years. I think yeah. they can all remember the game, the goal, yeah. the moment. It's probably the only piss in their life they can actually ever yeah. remember vividly. Oh, I'll remember for the rest of my life. And <laughs> remember that day as well. It was like the... the we'd gone on a bit of a sticky patch, haven't we, before we drew Brentford before, which obviously mm. started it. And I remember turning to you before the game, Matt, and saying, Fulham, we're going to lose today to Barnsley 3-0. And it happened. And uh, I didn't have a bet on it. <laughs> I was going to say you give me the lottery numbers that night as well. Right. I didn't get a was, single number. It was a brilliant game. resurgence of our season, that I think. That, that Bristol, uh, Bristol City game, sorry. It was a brilliant game. We got kicked on again and obviously you know, COVID happened, but that was the resurgence before. We, I think we had four or five games before that and we kicked on and got promoted. It was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, really good day. Right, that's all of our questions for you, James. No problem. Thanks for joining us, James. Thank you for having me. Keep up the good work. Brilliant. Cheers. Man. Thanks for that, mate. See you later. No problem. Hello, line number two. What is your name and where do you come from? It's Alfie Douglas and I'm from Tadcaster. So, first question. What was your first Leeds United game or the first one that you can remember? Um, I don't know if this was actually my first one, but the one where I can actually remember going was with my dad. I think it was, I'm sure it was Plymouth at home. I, I think it must have either been first season we went down, 2004. I think it was. We won two one. David Ealy scored in ninetieth minute, so that was like my first kind of memory. Like that was like because he scored it last minute. That's why I remember it so much. I love David Ealy. Do you know what's so weird? You know, we were just talking about missing goals to go to the toilet. That was yeah. my goal that I missed when I went for a wing. Wow, was it? Is that? that is weird because my dad was like saying because he's always like one of them ones like he's always like oh come on we'll leave a few minutes before so we can get out at car park and stuff like that. So get, <laughs> you know, my, dad, my dad was like, come on, we'll go early. I was like, no, because obviously it was my like, first game. I probably remember. I was like, no, come on, dad, let's just stay. And we were like on top of stairs. Do you know, like, so as you're walking away out at the stadium. Yeah. And it just, just he, he just scored then and was like, <laughs> so he was kind of looking away. But he's never <laughs> left early again, has he? <laughs> no. Were they having a piss in concourse? <laughs> <Just> yeah, <laughs> probably. When I, when I, when I came. I know. <laughs> Right, next question. Who is your Leeds United hero? Well, leading on from that, like it was actually when I was growing up, it was Healy, to be fair. I know he's never really been like, if you think about Leeds legends, he ain't one who you'd put down, really. Because obviously that period, we were shocking, weren't we? We weren't doing anything. We were just slowly getting worse and worse apart from the playoffs against Watford. Because like, moments like that, like the last-minute goal and stuff, when you were easily like, impressed and like... That, so he was like the first person who really came to mind for me when I was younger, like, made me start loving Leeds, even if he isn't seen as, like, iconic by other Leeds fans. That's a good point, because he did do a job for us at a pretty crucial time in our history. You know, when you look back at the last 20 years, like you say, first couple of seasons down, he, he did yeah. a pretty good job for us. He don't get the credit, does he? Yeah, he scored a few goals, and obviously for Northern Ireland, I think he's a top goal scorer of all time. He's got record yeah. for well, the most goals in European qualifying, I yeah. think, with Lewandowski. I remember Alfie at the time as well. You know, Leeds fans used to kick off all the time and say, can, can you make him play our home kit in green? Because he'll bag an hat-trick every <laughs> week. I remember it so vividly. And it, it, everyone used to say it all the time at Ellen Road, saying, we need to wear green for him to score. Because I remember getting he got an hat-trick against England. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that was gonna, and that he did nothing for us after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That is funny, that. Right, next question. Probably a few to choose from, but your worst moment as Leeds United fan? Oh, I know, like you say, there is a few to choose from, but one that sticks in my mind, and I'm guessing a lot of people are going to use the same one on this bit of podcast now, is obviously the Derby playoff game. When we lost, it was just in that south stand. I've never felt like it was just like basically dead silent. I didn't know what, no, me and all my mates, we didn't know where to look after the game. We went um, to Colton to where that Mackey's is, and it was the most depressing Mackey's I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> just sat in car in car park, just trying to like think, try to process what we just watched. Yeah, it's the only time I've ever cried at Ellen Road. <laughs> Started so well and ended so miserably, but I guess that's the mm. life of being a Leeds fan, isn't it? <laughs> so true. Right, final question. Uh, tell us a funny or interesting Leeds United memory or story. I've got a couple. Uh, probably one I'd say for interesting is I think Matt knows if he's on here, if he's online. Is about um, my godfather, who was actually David Batty, who obviously yeah, he's, he's yeah, a Leeds, le- Leeds legend. <laughs> So that's one. I don't really like to bring it up much. Like, no, no, I never. I don't like to brag. That exactly. That, 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 that's like the little. Like whenever I've been in school and stuff, you know, and you're doing the icebreaker, that's always kind of like the one I'd go for. I, I bet like you get asked it. so many questions about it, Alfie, don't you? I bet I it's like. I know I do, but then it's just like you know, obviously since he's retired from football, that's mm. what he's like. He's like a private person. Like he's stepped away from it. But even like, even so, it was basically like when I when he became my godfather. So when I was born, '99. It was his wife, Mandy. She was like proper good pals. My mum used to work together. At, I think it was at Debenhams, to be fair. Debenhams are next in Leeds anyway. But then she met Dave and started getting with him. And then obviously my mum with my dad. So they just became proper close pals. So my dad, obviously, had been a Leeds fan. It was like proper like starstruck. Cause it was like one of his heroes, like obviously from like the early 90s when when he was in team that won the league and stuff like that. So he was kind of like gobsmacked. And because we came good pals, we used to go on like holiday. We used to go to, I think it was Blue Dolphin Holiday Park. That's where we used to do. And the mad I always used to go with him because he loved his he loved his bikes, like going to all car shows and stuff like that and bike shows. So it was just it was just kind of weird that he ended up being my godfather. I just thought, well, I might as well ask him. We're, we're good pals, but I'd say I, I, we haven't seen him in a few years. Like, but it's still what but, a great story. A great story. It is brilliant that. Maybe we'll have to bring you back together on the podcast. Oh, I'd love to, but you know, <laughs> I don't think I don't, yeah, I don't really have anything to do with Leeds now, does he? Or any football in general? I think that was kind of what it was like. It was like that. You yeah. give it all on the pitch, but off the pitch, I think you saw it more as a job rather than a yeah something you really, really loved, like like all of us do. Alfie, until you told me, mate, I always assumed he was in Australia. I remember someone telling me because we. We obviously we've interviewed quite a few ex Leeds players and obviously yeah. Donny Alson this week and we we did inquire about David Batty and someone said to me he's in Australia you'll never find him. No, he he, he definitely ain't there because my dad um, he was in York like a couple of years ago. Right. And Dave Batty walked past with Mandy and obviously because we knew each other we were having a good chat and that and he she, he was on phone to my mum and Mandy was on phone so he he does live local still. But he's just like he's just a private person, so it's just like he just wants you to think he's in Australia. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I wonder where I got that from. I wonder where I got that from. Probably that, someone. That's just it. part of his like little mystique, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, guess, I guess it. Is. He's just vanished. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was definitely a great story. That's going to take some beating. Well done, mate. Brilliant. That's absolutely class. All right. Well, thanks. For that. Anyway, it's been great being on. Cheers, Alfie. Cheers for joining us. See you later. Bye. Bye. What a story. Hello, line number three. What is your name and where do you come from? 
Hi, um, my name's Ella. Um, I'm from Castleford. Nice to meet you, Ella. Um, first question, what was your first Leeds United game or the first one you can remember? Oh, so the first one was quite cool, actually. So the first one was Leeds um, against Deportivo in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. But yeah, that's I a good absolute- one, that. I have absolutely no recollection of it. My dad, um, <laughs> my dad said when he asked me if I enjoyed it, I was just talking about the burger. So, I mean, I don't think I remember much of it. <laughs> um, I think probably the one I have the first recollection of would be quite a few years later at Millennium Stadium against Watford. I mean, it's not a great game to be the first one. Not long, great. But... <laughs> I think it just all went downhill ever since I started going to games. I mean, you started at Deportivo, so that was a pretty decent kind of battle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, I don't really remember much because I was only around six then. It's a good game, though. Um, (laughs) Next question. Who is your Leeds United hero? Um, Well, I wanted to go for Beckford, obviously, given the fact that he gave us Old Trafford and he gave us Spurs away and Bristol Rose at home. But this is completely random and it's just an obsession I completely have. I think I'm pretty much on my own with it. But I would say Max Gradel. I just absolutely loved him. Wow. <laughs> That's not a bad shout. It was a yeah, great I was just It was say so that. exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I think it was because that, yeah. he was a bit mad at first. And then I just <laughs> yeah. sort of grew a connection with him. And then I realised he was actually quite good at football. <laughs> <laughs> so much potential. Bristol yeah. Rovers, Bristol Rovers then, Ella. I bet you were like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, I was really Max. torn. But then I was sort of just, it was justified at the end, wasn't it? But yeah, I was um, when he actually did that, I was not like, oh my God, what are you doing? Right, next question. Um, your worst moment as a Leeds United fan? I think the one that obviously is the most recent is obviously Derby in the playoff semi. I think that's the one that probably still does hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, but again, I think I probably would say the Watford game because it's the first real probably the first time that I knew what was actually going on and I actually understood what the consequences were of us not winning that game. Your first test of Leeds United heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, the first bit of real hurt. <laughs> um, and then final question, tell us a funny or interesting Leeds United memory or story. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty hard to narrow this down, but I feel like this is the one that my friends would want me to tell. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> when um, Massimo Tolino took over at Leeds, um, I was at an end of season awards, like I can't even remember what year it was. But anyway, he was there. He gave this massive speech about how he was going to be a great owner and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But his son was there, um, Eduardo. And we were at the bar and he sort of was like buying drinks for everyone. And he got talking and he asked at the end of the night if he could put his number in my phone um, because he didn't know many people in Leeds and he just wanted somebody to like speak to about the area and stuff. What's so it? I was like, what a yeah. line. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's fine, being the nice person that I am. <laughs> um, and then on and off, he'd like text me asking me where's good to go and like ask me like just random questions about Leeds. And then one Saturday, he um, messaged me saying, have you got any plans today? Um, I've got this plan, I want to come pick you up. And like, I've got an idea for you being really nice and like helping me out. So I was like, yeah, why not? This is like, genuinely, I just thought this is going to be a funny story to tell. 
Um, so I went along um, and he ended up taking me to a Miley Cyrus concert, which I just <laughs> find completely oh random. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, like, I looked around and I just thought, how on earth have I ended up at a Miley Cyrus concert with Eduardo Chilena? Like, I just... <laughs> it was that is amazing. Weird, Honestly, it was the weirdest time of my life. I thought you were going to tell me he took you to Burger King. I genuinely thought... <laughs> A Burger King story would come in. Got crown. Yeah, I really did think this, yeah. <laughs> that is a spectacular <laughs> story. Where did you go, Leeds Arena? Yeah, Leeds Arena. He had, like, um, a box there, and I think he could just use it whenever sort of thing. Um, I mean, he could have picked a better concept <laughs> to go, because I, I wouldn't say I'm in Smiley Cyrus, but, yeah, it was just, it was a really funny story. When I told my friends, they were like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Wow. That is a truly brilliant story. Thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> it's all right. Well, like I say, while we've got you, um, if you want, you can stick around and just play this quick game of Guess Who with us, if you fancy. Yeah, I'd love to, yeah. It's legendary. Ooh. It's legendary. <laughs> it's Guess Who, but it's Guest Who, because we're just geniuses. And actually, it wasn't <laughs> us that came up with that. That's Mickey Pika's genius. Sorry for claiming that. <laughs> Here at Writing with Gary Kelly's, we bring you all things Leeds United that the fans want to hear and read. We've been covering the club for over 10 years and what an amazing journey we've been on. But now we would love your support to help us continue bringing you this high quality content. You can support us by donating whatever you can by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash R-I-T-G-K. Your donations help contribute towards the delivery of this podcast and all the content over at writingwithgarykelly's.com. Thanks to everyone that's donated so far. So we've got something very special for you now. Last week we had the pleasure of interviewing former Leeds United captain and one of our own, Johnny Howson. We covered it all from breaking through the academy right through to that heartbreaking departure. It was a full, really honest and in-depth chat and we'll be releasing the full interview for free with no subscription in the coming days over at writingthegarykellys.com. But in the meantime, here's a snippet for you. What's been your best moment in a Leeds shirt? I'll always say the Bristol. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, some fans whether I speak to in the street or whatever, a lot do mention the Carlisle, you know, and let's be honest, from a personal point of view, it's a terrific night. But I've always judged things on whether you've achieved something, you know, and the bottom line is that season, whether we had the minus points or whatever, or any excuse, don't believe in that stuff. We failed that season, we didn't get promoted. Um, so I've always judged on whether I've been successful at the end of the season, and that as a team, you know, not as individual. You know, it's team sport. If you wanted individual honours, go play tennis or something like that. Um, and that's what I judge it on. Uh, the Bristol, that that day of getting promoted, and just how we mentioned relating, um, and I know they they got a little bit something in the end. I felt for the Leeds players a little bit when they did get promoted because they didn't have that day with the fans, obviously. Yeah. From stands. Yeah. You know, yeah, all the fans rocked up down the the stadium and the players were outside and I'm sure that was terrific. But if you could relive one moment from each team, that'd be it. That Bristol Rovers. Mm. Just, you know, the fans running on the pitch, seeing the emotion of, you know, uh, all the different people that we spoke about. It's moments like that, that, as I said, of not just a football thing, but a life memory as well. Yeah, it was, oh, oh, it's uh, 
Clearance of balls for Bradley Johnson now. Inside the area, Johnson hits it across. Goalkeeper there, Beckford with a yes! shot! Leeds have scored! Leeds have turned it around! Leeds are in front! It's captain Jermaine Beckford with the goal! Inside the area, he finishes it off! And this is unbelievable! Leeds United 2, Bristol Rovers 1! And is that the goal to send Leeds United back to the Championship? Okay, well, I mean, it's fairly straightforward and self-explanatory, but this is Guess Who? So I'm going to give you all three clues of someone that has some connection to Leeds United. And yeah, you can tell me if you think you know who it is. Sounds good. You ready? <laughs> You're probably not going to get it from the first one. If you do, I'll be, be shocked. <laughs> you say this every week and then like everyone Somebody shouts Somebody gets out. it. Yeah, yeah everyone, <laughs> everyone shouts out about 10 players. I'm always really scared you're not going to get it and think, oh, that was shit. <laughs> right, first clue. This player only spent one season with Leeds, making 20 appearances between 1990 and 1991. Whoa. All of you are way too young for that. Yeah, that is tricky. <laughs> 90 to 1991, 20 appearances. 20 appearances just in that one season. Can I, can I, I get... feel like I need my dad on this. Yeah, your dad would probably good. <laughs> yeah, if you get it, I'll be really mad. Simon Grayson. No. Oh, that's a good one, that. Is 1991 the year before we won the title? 92. We won it. Yeah, so it's year before. No. <laughs> yeah. I've got no chance for this. I know. Shall I move on to clue number two? Yes, please. <laughs> In 2000... This person launched a PlayStation game based on street soccer. <gasps> what? That should make it easier, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> is it Chris Kamara? It is! Oh, oh my god! Yes. I think a bit of age played a part. My <laughs> <laughs> clue number three was going to give it away that he's best known for his TV country and iconic mustache. I mean, I, 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 I wonder what that game's like. Is it any good? <laughs> I don't think any of us ever played it because we were all like 10. <laughs> oh well, that would have got done. I finally won one. <laughs> it was good. I feel like I needed my dad on that. He'd have got that straight away. Probably would have done. I'll find a couple in the future. And do you know what? You can play along on the podcast when you listen back to it. I'll with your dad. <laughs> oh, I will do. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and for playing along. And um, oh, yeah, we'll see you later on in the season. Um, yeah, definitely. And, uh, I've got a few more stories to tell, so definitely. Oh, <laughs> I think they all need like their own hour-long podcast, don't they? Yeah, you're going to have to turn it into Joe Mikhail. Imagine. <laughs> Audiobook. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. All right. All See you later. Bye. That's us for this week, a bumper episode with loads of fun. Um, we'd very much like to chat to you about another win sometime soon, so hopefully that'll be on the next podcast. We'll be back soon with all the latest goings on around Leeds United for small fun and games. Speak to you then. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.